A Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Duke Blue Devils, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish Basketball. And now, save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Been a while now, but it's great to have back on the podcast, Coach Brent Tipton. Coach, great to see you again. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be back talking to you with you. Uh, almost two years now since we last talked, and you've made at least a couple moves in that time. Really quickly, can you kind of update on everything you've been doing? My family and I moved to Germany in 2000, summer of 2021, and I started coaching at, uh, in Ludwigsburg, Porsche Basketball Academy. I uh, was there for a little over a season and a half because I came late um, into the season there once moving from Guam. And then back in April, I got hired to be a head coach in the MBBL at the SV Corn Best Time Basketball Academy. So kind of move in uh, more into the direction of being a head coach and being able to oversee uh, a program. So that's been a challenge because uh, I hadn't been a head coach in three to four years. So just excited to take the things I've learned in that the process um, of the transition, things I learned in Ludwigsburg and trying to apply that with the program I have now. Over the last couple of months, I've had several coaches ask me about two-sided break related stuff. And I know Coach Timpton has has done a few web clinics in the past on the topic. So I wanted to have him on to answer some of those questions and uh, maybe give coaches some ideas as they springboard here into a new season. Before we get into the specific questions, I wanted him to talk through at least a little bit of the basics behind the two-sided break. And this isn't going to be all-inclusive. But uh, I figured it would kind of set some things up for maybe some of the questions that we have going forward. So, Coach, I'll just give it to you and I'll control the screen here. If you are listening to this, Coach Tipton has some video as well as some fast draw diagrams and um, even some PDFs that he's going to share. So you may want to head over to YouTube to check out the video version of this. And I'll try to link that down in the description once that's ready to go. But, Coach, you go ahead and start wherever you want. I had a different experience running two-side transition when I was in Guam just because of personnel. We had a lot of guard-type players. Um, when I moved to Germany, I did not run two-side transition for the whole time we were there because uh, we ran a numbered break and still played quite fast. Head coach there was David McCray, and we were trying to get 80 shots a game. So that was like some of our measures that we tried to get in our transition. And you know, we played a pretty quick uh, clip. Uh, so we didn't run two-side transition, but obviously two-side transition is something that I believe in. It's something that I think is great for any level of team. Uh, I think it works better uh, with some personnel. If you have dominant bigs, more than one, I don't think two-side transition is necessarily for that type of playing style if you have bigs. But uh, I think if you if you have at least one big, I think you can still incorporate the two-side transition uh, principles of play. and. Uh, so now that I'm a head coach again, I get to go back to some of the things that I, I, I believe in. And this, this style of play and transition is something that I think um, not only builds players and develops them, but uh, it's just really, it's an exciting style of play. And I think I've changed some things that I thought two side would be good for. And I have changed some of my perspective on it, but I think that just kind of comes with 
how we grow as coaches and things that we know that doesn't put our team in the best situation to be successful. So I'll go through maybe three or four clips here. This is on the YouTube video that's on YouTube. And I think coaches can access this easily. As we watch the film, I think the two side transition, there's been so much on you know, other coaches sharing on the topic. So I think there's a foundational knowledge already on what the two side transition is trying to generate. So won't really go into the teaching side of it and trying to give the, the, the nitty gritty details on why you should run two side transition, but mostly give you a little background and then kind of dive into some uh, drills and stuff to help you implement uh, some of these principles. So right here, first option is um, going early and opposite in two side transition. We have our, what we call our two side transition reactions or whatever, what are our rules in two side transition? So the first rule is on the point of the rebound, everybody's going to find the nearest sideline in the first three steps. So basically you draw that midline down the middle of the floor. If you're on the right side of the midline here, this player is on the right side and you find that sideline, you sprint the sideline and then the other two players are on the left sideline. So they find that sideline. And then they're going to sprint to either corner spacing or they're going to sport to the uh, sprint to the 45. So the two things that we talk about, and I don't really now say this a whole lot to the players. We just say, find the nearest sideline first players down and get to the corner. But if you want that like visual cue for them, you can say sprint and hug. Other coaches will say other things, but basically you want them to play as close to the sideline as possible. And the reason for this is if you are playing down closer to more of the midline, it just makes it easier for defense to, to guard you. So we want to stretch the space on the floor and we want them to, to hug the sideline. So playing as close to the sideline as possible. So these are things that we're, we're trying to create here in our first three steps in transition. Early and opposite is a term that Chris Oliver uses with basketball immersion. I don't think there's any better term that I could use for this. I just kept it. But basically, we want to go opposite of our outlet as early in the possession as possible. And the reason for this is it moves transition defense twice. So you can see here already, four defenders are on the right side of the midline. Here, they're uh, rim running with Capella, which is we, we don't rim run, and I don't believe in rim running with this transition offense. But we want to go opposite. And typically, what happens when we go opposite, we go opposite to a two-side. There's this one defender caught guarding two on the two-side, and we get this extra pass from the 45 down to the corner. And theoretically, this is what two-side transition is supposed to give you in transition. It doesn't happen all the time. And, I mean, very rarely, maybe once a quarter will we get this. I think that the expectation of two-side transition, if you're first starting out in it, is that you're going to get these type of possessions every single time. And it's just not true. So, But this is like the ideal possession of what we're trying to generate within the two-side transition offense. So again, here you see that these two players are on the left sideline. We have this player here going to the right sideline. He's the first player down because um, this is their five man using their rim run. Well, the coaches will ask me, well, I want to rim run my five. And I think that if they're ahead of the play in this situation here like this, if, if you can see my mouse moving, then it's okay to rim run because, I mean, obviously the goal in transition is to get behind the defense. And if you get what your five man to get behind the defense and run to the front of the rim, I think that's appropriate. But a lot of times, like our five man is clearing up the rebound and we want our five man to trail. So we're getting into two side transition. I think the biggest teaching point that I have, not the teaching point, but it's the biggest change that I've made in the two side, like spacing on the two side 
is having the last player in the two side sprint to half court, but once they get to half court, just almost slow down to almost a complete stop. And the reason for this is when we go opposite to this two side and the 45 is playing higher above the three point line extended because of the defensive transition principles with, you know, they're, they're in trying to get back and establish five on five, building their walls. A lot of times, again, this one defender gets caught guarding too. So we, we really want this guy to delay getting to the top of the three point line. And the reason is because we really want to stretch the space in between the 45 and the corner. And we want to make it impossible for this guy to guard two guys on the two side. And with this, we have our three spacing rules. Let me rewind back here so you can see this. We, we have our three spacing rules in our stretch spacing. So these three rules are uh, something that you don't really need to tell your players, but I think if you can understand the concept of what we want to do on the two side with our stretch spacing, it, it'll make more sense. But basically, we don't want one defender to guard two. We don't want this defender to defend Westbrook's drive here and then get out on the corner and close out the corner with the extra pass. The, sec- the last thing is we, don't, we want to create two separate closeouts. So part of our transition defense roles is we want to win the first two closeouts in defensive transition. And because of the corner spacing and we're, you know, the first player down getting to the corner, a lot of times we're going to create these two separate closeouts because if there's one guy caught guarding two and Westbrook drives it here at the 45 and he kicks it to the corner, I'll let this play out. Then we're going to create a second closeout. So if he stays with Westbrook here, then somebody else is going to have to close out to contest the shot. Um, in this case here, Westbrook drives it. He makes the extra down the corner. So now second principle in our stretch spacing, this defender cannot help and close out the corner, which we're trying to get all these three, I guess, ideas involved in the two side between these two players. We feel that, and it happens if you create these three things, if you get these three things of one defender can't guard two, one defender can't help and close out the corner of the extra pass or you create two separate closeouts, then you're going to get an open shot or you're going to get a driving line. So I guess that's the heart of what we are looking for and what our players are trying to look for within two-side transition. Now, but this is really kind of, it's pretty extreme, but this is the, the, the spacing that we're trying to get in transition here on the two-side. So you see, uh, I think that's Austin Rivers there. This is from a couple of years ago, but you really see that this stretch spacing is kind of exaggerated. But when we're in the two side and we get to the stretch spacing, one thing that I've added that I don't have really very many clips of this is if we hit this 45 here, then we're really looking to drive this immediately. So this is something that it's just not about making this extra pass to the corner and getting the stationary corner catch and shoot shot. But it's also about driving this 45, trying to get a paint touch within the first eight seconds of the shot clock and really getting defense in rotation. So I think that's something that I've added in the last maybe couple of months with my team is really emphasizing driving this on the catch. And we always say put pressure on the rim with your catch because if you don't look like you're going to shoot, then, you know, this guy can guard too. So here, um, again, we got our stretch spacing between the 45 and the corner. And again, as you can see on the screen, we don't want one defender to guard two. We don't want one defender to help on the 45's catch and close out the extra to the corner. And then we want to create two separate closeouts. So, this right here will obviously uh, lend itself to perfect possession and transition. So I think that's kind of what's 
the strength of the two side transition. And, and again, like these are all perfect situations and it doesn't happen every single time. Uh, but this is what we're trying to get uh, in transition. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advantage tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing pieces to get the most out of every second of film. Learn more at huddle.com slash a quick timeout. A big thanks to 323 Sports for supporting the show. The guys with 323 Sports are a team dealer providing uniforms, gear, equipment, and more to schools and colleges across the country. I've used them on multiple occasions, and their customer service and low prices are second to none. To find out more, visit 323sports.com, where you can reach out directly to a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. As your team gets the basketball, do you have a set of progressions that we're looking for as a group and especially the ball handler is looking for so that it's not just I look up and there's a lot of things happening, but you're teaching them. I'm looking for maybe this first, this second, this Mm -hmm. third. I'm just wondering because as we taught a break last year, that really seemed to help my team as a whole and especially the ball handler to make the best decision. And I was wondering if you had something similar to that. Okay, so this is like the initial teaching of what we do in practice with our transition. Um, the first thing that we do is we try to emphasize the early and opposite pass. That's the first thing we look for in transition. The second thing we look for is the early and up pass, which is going up the same sideline as the outlet because the opposite pass obviously is opposite of the outlet. Uh, and then we're looking to dribble push. So when I first got my team, this is the like the first drill that I did with them. So we didn't start four on two because this was too easy for our level. So we started out four on three, but we have them in a circle. They circle rebound. The coach throws the ball off the backboard. And we don't designate positions when we first start teaching it, but I do designate a primary point guard. And we always outlet to the right sideline. Like this is something that I think it kind of takes away gray areas. We don't outlet to the nail. That's something that I've changed. Yeah, we always outlet to the right side of the floor if possible. Uh, and then we find them near a sideline. So, and this, we want to outlet to the single side. And then we want to look early and opposite. So here in this situation, the three man is on the point of the rebound. He finds near a sideline. Three man here is on uh, the left sideline. But because we are outletting to the single side, it establishes our outlet and this natural becomes the two side. These two players are here on, on the sideline. So if two was on this side of the midline, he got here, then four would have to make the outlet to the one. And so that's how we would uh, establish our two side. So here, the one, uh, two's the first player down. He gets to the corner. One's the second player on the two side sprints to half court. He slows down at the uh, at half court and he really delays to get to his facing spot. Three will outlet, and then now he's looking to dribble push and then looking to go opposite to the 45. And then from here, our like when we get to it, a lot of guys just like to make this one more to the corner, catch and shoot shot. Uh, but what we had to do is we had to force this guy to drive the 45. The three man would fill corner, and then the outlet here would fill the uh, opposite 45, and we get another two side um, on the left side line. So that's kind of like our progression in teaching it. 
put an eight second shot clock on this. They have to get a shot within eight seconds. Sometimes we allow them to just make the one more and then try to get a catch and shoot shot. Sometimes we say you got to get a paint touch within the first eight seconds of the shot clock. We outlet it to a, to a two side. Uh, so we throw the ball off the backboard. Three gets the rebound. He, he makes the outlet. So now we outlet it to the two side. So after you find the nearest sideline, we outlet to the sideline that has the two side now. So now the one and the two are on the right sideline. Four finds the nearest sideline because he's not the rebounder. Now he becomes the single side. And so we outlet to the one, and now we're either looking to go opposite to the four or we're looking to go early and up to the two. This would be the second phase that we're trying to teach. Now we can give the early and opposite pass, but then now we incorporate the early and up pass. And a lot of things can happen out of these. I think in this um, example, one can hit ahead the two, and then he can hit right back to the one and drive it, or the two can drive it and get a paint touch. Or we can hit back to the one, and then the one can hit the trail. Like there's numerous options, obviously, because obviously you have a numerical advantage of four on three. Um, but I think the guys are going to find a solution to that numerical advantage, um, and they have to by because they have eight seconds on the shot clock. So this is how we would teach it. And then last, we would add the dribble push. Um, and basically, this dribble push is just another way to get into the transition quicker. So whoever gets the rebound, would dribble push the other three players will find the nearest sideline and then it's the same situation from here uh we would go allow the dribble push to go early and up the same sideline and go early and opposite in this one here if we dribble push and it's the same thing if we outlet it to the two side in the initial teaching so the two players on the two side we outlet it to the guy who's on top we also would emphasize because going opposite of our outlet is such a big thing because it moves transition defense both in the dribble push and we outlet it to the two side when we're initially teaching it, we want to go opposite immediately. So if the three dribble pushes and we uh, hit ahead early and up and the two side is here with the uh, player one and player two, then player four, if he receives this early and up, would look to go immediately opposite to the two side. So it doesn't matter if you go opposite immediately off the, off the inbound. Even if you go early and up to the single side, the, the single side can skip it. And that's another way to get guys in uh, or defenders in rotations or defenders into long closeouts to create uh, driving lines for, you know, guards to attack off the catch. So that'd be like the first thing that we show we do, it with, we would do it four on three, and then we would go five on four plus one and then five on five. So basically that would be like our, the way that we would progress to, to teach the offense. So it's safe to say kind of the goal of this and why a lot of people like it, you're not just pushing it, but you're moving the defense twice and attempting to get that outnumbered on the opposite side, whether that generates for you a three or a penetration that comes by that early and cross to the opposite side. Do you find that as you're teaching this early on, do they only see the early and up? Yeah. I think a lot of like, I think that early enough pass, yeah, it could be probably the early enough just as natural because it's like in the, the line of their vision. But the reason why we delay and hug this is so that the, 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 the point guard can see the opposite pass or to see the opportunity for the opposite pass. So if we don't delay and hug here, like we don't like play this into a delay and let's just say this player gets all the way to the 45 
Yeah, so if he if he doesn't stop here and he continues his sprint to like let's say free throw line extended or even to the top of the three point line extended, like what I experience, what our guys experience is when we try to go opposite. Like this player can pick that pass off, or this player will pick that that pass off. So, like one way to help them see to make that early and opposite pass is to delay at the half court. So now he sees that he's open on the sideline. We can make this opposite pass and it, I guess, naturally provides the vision for the point guard to see, especially if, let's uh, say, Harden's already uh, in the backcourt and he's got ball pressure on him, then it's hard for him to see this. But if he delays, it's just it makes, uh, I guess, a bigger passing window for the point guard to hit ahead early and opposite. There's also a question, I think, uh, on your Twitter was like how to not generate so many steals when the ball goes opposite. And I think the reason why there are so many steals early on or even at the, the lower youth levels, guys can't make that pass because of the strength off of one hand. Um, but I think the biggest issue is where, where do you put in the second player on your two side? If you're running him to free throw line extended, like I used to do when I first started teaching it, if the ball gets stolen and the point guard can't see it. But the higher you have the second player on the two side, the, obviously it's a bigger passing window and the point guard can see it. So hopefully that clarifies that question. Yeah, I mean, just the the longer you wait, the closer it, everybody defender, two players on the opposite side are standing to each other, and I would just makes it easier to to pick that pass off or get a deflection. Right. I guess the other thing I'm asking is, I heard you say somewhere else, you go early and up, that doesn't negate the opportunity that you still potentially have on the opposite side for a two-on-one. Can you talk mm -hmm. about kind of what's generated when you go early and up it's not like early and up and the ball just sits there in the corner. What have you right. found that what have you found that typically happens next? And how can that still get you potentially a two on one on the other side? Let's just say Harden goes early and up here to uh, the single side here. And, I, and if you can, like, I guess use a little bit of imagination because he obviously goes opposite. But if we go early and up, then like, you still want to move transition defense twice. But now when you go early and up, now you get everybody to shift both sides. And again, if like defense is not getting back five and five and they haven't built their walls, then a lot of times going early and up. And then this guy skipping to either the 45 here, then that would be another way to move transition defense twice to get guys in long closeout. So a lot of times in transition, you, like we got to think that that hit ahead has to be immediately. It has to be the ball has to cross half court by air, which obviously the ball moves faster than the dribble in transition. But like as you see here in this clip, they, they've got five guys back, but they're not organized, probably not talking. Right now there's two on the ball. So even going early and up here in this example, the left 45 and then going opposite can still generate I guess that advantage that you're looking for in transition. So you can go immediately to it or you can go early and up. But I think what you got to look for in early and up, very rarely is this guy going to be able to catch and shoot. Yes, he could probably get one-on-one -on -one in a drive. But, you know, if that player is not comfortable with driving or if that player is not a good shooter, then that next tool that you, you can help them see is, okay, if I don't have a driver shot, then I can immediately skip it to the opposite two side. And then from there, we can play out of the closeout or play out of the drive, play out of the one more to the corner. And, and even though it's five on five here, it still can give you that same, I guess, trying to create closeout within the first couple of seconds of the shot clock. You still have a defense that's not just 
not organized yet, but they're also not sitting deep in the paint, which I'm assuming often creates for you a baseline drive that may get cut Mm -hmm. off, but the baseline drive and the paint touch kind of have that sucking effect of the defense. And then you can cross it over to the other side, maybe with Mm -hmm. kind of like a baseline drift or even a 45 out to the other side, and you still get Mm -hmm. the two on one on the other side. I used to encourage that three and transition a little bit more than I do now. I don't encourage that three unless it's wide open. And a lot of times we don't get that. Like we may get that once a game, but yeah, I don't encourage that anymore. I think it just depends on if you've got a guy that can do that. And we don't have a guy who can do that. we got guys who can catch and shoot. but So I've discouraged that as something that uh, I don't do as much anymore either. We use a two side just to, to increase our pace. And maybe we don't get a three off the first pass, but we might get a three off of the first drive. And I think, I think a lot of coaches are more comfortable with that type of catch and shoot three, not off the first pass in the first two seconds in transition. So I'm with you on that. If you have the personnel to shoot that three, maybe it is a great shot, but do you have a preference on where you're per- putting particular guys based off of skill set? Yeah. So I've struggled with trying to figure out what I want from this. And I, right now with my team, like we will, we make the five man trail, whether he gets the rebound or not, because we have a true, we have, we have true big men in our team. So when I first started teaching this to them in April, I was running the fives to the sideline. They may have been the corner guy. They may have been the 45 and they didn't know what to do. And we couldn't get into any of our transition sets. So I was like, what, what, what do I need to do to put the personnel better in a position to be successful? So we just decided that we will trail the five man off of misses, no matter what, no matter where he's at. Then, then the one, like we play through a designated one on the right sideline is where we want our outlet. And then from there, we allow the two, three, and four to find the nearest sideline. And we play our four man. Our four mans are basically threes or twos. And so they're, they have a good skill set. Um, and so we just let them figure it out. We let them figure out who's the two side, who's the one side based upon find the nearest sideline rule. Um, and then oftentimes there's a three side. So obviously we teach them and show them what we want out of a three side. Um, but we always chill the five because like, even though we're in the two side spacing, like transition template, we are always arriving five out in transition uh, because we don't rim run. And so because we play either through a drag or in a way or a pistol action. Um, we want that five to be at the right spot at the right time. So if we don't get anything in transition, like it's a dribble push, the point guard comes across half court with the dribble, then like we're, we're like, we're moving right into offense and the next concept within, you know, maybe four or five seconds ticked off the shot clock. So that's my preferred um, spacing right now. When I was, when I was in Guam, our five men were, just as mobile and maybe sometimes just as skilled as our twos and threes, just because of personnel, we were a more guard oriented team, but we were also smaller. And so we did things differently. And I tried that with this team. It doesn't work. And the fives were very uncomfortable with where they were catching and what they were doing. So we just trail our five. What happens if you end up with an outlet ball comes up the floor and the ball is by itself and you have basically all four guys on the left side of the floor or opposite the ball. Yeah. Um, somebody <laughs> talked to me about that 
and literally the next day in practice that happened. So it, whether it's a three side or a four side, four side, I've literally only seen it happen one time. And that was in that one practice. Um, but we always cut the middle guy on the three side. And in, in this case, we'd cut the two middle guys. But I think what you have to think about is we want the corner to be like stationary when the ball arrives. So whether that's opposite or up, like preferably we want this, the corner to be stationary. So we will never cut the corner. We would never cut the bottom guy. So we always cut the middle guy in the three side. If it's a four side, uh, depending on where your five man is at, your five man is the last guy on that four side. Then he, he needs to redirect to the, to the, the middle of the court. And then you would cut the middle guy um, which would be probably the second to last guy. And then you would have that third guy, I guess, on that fourth side. He would run to the 45. I'm not experienced with this, but I'm planning on doing this. It's similar to that. I would just rather the ball handler keep going up the floor. I mean, maybe that's a lot of space that he can maybe create mm -hmm. his own advantage on that side of the floor. Maybe gets into like a Barkley or you right. could run kind of a you know naked ball screen on that side. I would also mm -hmm. cut the second to the bottom guy. You cut him mm -hmm. through into the other side, and now you got your shape that you wanted there. So, I guess it right. kind of also depends on what you're wanting to transition into into the half court. And so that's mm -hmm. my next question. A couple related to that that came in. The first is what happens when you don't score off of this? What do you like to do next? The biggest thing that we run, like if we if we are in transition like the couple of things that will call off like our guys trying to look for going early and opposite or looking to get a, get a paint touch. The first thing would be if obviously if defense is back five and five, like we're not going opposite for no reason at all. So there's no advantage on that two side because it's five and five point guard is not going to go early enough. He's going to keep it. And you'd be surprised at how many times like you're, I mean, if you're playing a really bad team, you may get like a lot of this kind of transition threes and, and drives, but, Good teams are not going to let you score in transition easy. So we would use the spacing template to get to what we call our transition sets. So thumbs down is just a, um, it's just a drag with a five. We want this to be quick, and this would be something that you know we use this the drag, and I'll show you the continuation of it. But we use it to teach not just our offensive pick and roll principles, but our defensive shell, our defensive principles. So like we are two way teaching all of this, but I think a lot of times you will use the drag, but then it's like what you do after the drag. Um, so I'll show you what we do after the drag here, but this is what we call a thumbs down. We, I learned this in Ludwigsburg and I like how it flows out of two side transition. So the two, three, and four are obviously like interchangeable for us. Um, we prefer the four to be the last guy on the two side, but um, we, we hold the priority to find the nearest sideline. So five would drag with the one. Obviously, we're trying to look to get a paint touch here, drive, kick, hit the roll. You know, just depending on the coverage, it really depends on how we are going to look to score off of this. But how we, how we keep moving and try to keep the ball moving in, uh, after transition is if we don't have a scoring opportunity for or we'll kick two errors of the two side. And then we get into what we call a two side DHO. And from here, this two side DHO is always scoring. We're trying to play out it. We call it a toss game. So four is not just like a stationary handoff. It's more of like a, a flick to the three. Three is trying to turn the corner. But if we can't turn the corner, then we always end with the rescreen. So what we call this is C action. 
So the one will come back to both sides. Three can't turn the corner. He throws it to the one and then five sprinting on the air time of three's pass back to one on what we call C action or a rescreen. And then now it becomes a middle ball screen going to the single side. So a lot of space here that we can attack off the dribble. The five man obviously is rolling on this. The three will fill behind. And like, this is like something that from day one, this is the first thing we teach, you know, what to do if we don't score in the first six to eight seconds in transition, what, what do we do? The second thing that we do is open away. So like we arrive into our spacing and like we don't have an advantage, then instead of setting the on-ball screen with the one, the five will set an away screen with whoever is at the 45. So we do this two ways. The one can reverse through the five and can the five can reverse it to the opposite 45 and the five can screen the one. Uh, but a lot of times like, one will dribble across half court and five just gets immediately into an away screen with two. And obviously we're teaching like how to read this screen, but a lot of times if the two curls it and the five pops back, I think this is the next thing here. Yeah. The five pops back, one throws it to five and then we play to throw and go. We play out of a get and that gets us into a middle ball screen. The next kind of progression that we would do out of an open away would be two would come off of it, use the screen for either a catch and shoot situation, or just we would throw it to the two and then him coming off that screen puts him in a situation to uh, play a ball screen. And so the five here would just turn into a ball screen. And now it's a five to two middle, uh, middle ball screen with the one filling behind. And then another, one other thing our guys like to play out of is toss game so uh if x2 here goes under the screen and two obviously won't curl it but he comes off a five screen and doesn't have opportunity to get a catch and shoot or he's not a good pick and roll player then he just tosses it back to one two will fill the right 45 one will use the toss and then five will come back instead of ball screen so this is what that last thing looks like now two's on the, the right 45 and now it's a middle ball screen with one and five so I mean, we're doing these things within probably the first, well, when we do this, we give them, when we do this five on five, if we're working on transition, we give them like 12 seconds to do all of this. So they have to score within 12 seconds. We're getting to this action probably with around 10, 11 seconds left on the shot clock. So we do this out of open away. And then the last thing that we do, and we do this very, we do, we do a lot of different, different pistol actions, but like our pistol action here is just a one to two uh, dribble handoff. So one to two dribble handoff, two lifts out of the corner, and then five would just follow this with the ball screen. And with our pistol action, instead of the three and the four man playing in space, only in pistol, like we play open pistol, only this particular transition set will the four man set the down screen for the three. So all of our sets that happen out of like this drag look, whether it was thumbs down with the drag screen or this pistol action here, we always end this with the rescreen. So if we come out of this, two comes out of it, hits three, or you know whatever whatever the situation is, or what's the defense, what the defense gives us, um, then we always end it with our C action. So we always end it with the rescreen. So two would come back to uh, the left slot, three would hit two again, and then five man after setting the screen and short rolling would come back and rescreen the two. I don't have that. Um, on the diagram, but that's how we would end our possession. And that would take us 
hopefully to the end of the shot clock. So those are the three things that we primarily do. These are sometimes calls, but like I tell our point guard to, especially in transition, to always have two or three sets to to run out of transition without having to play call. And so uh, you know, he'll, he'll call that on the fly or, you know, as we're in transition and it's still five and five and he's given the hand signals for that. But we also have little counters to those three sets. So like, that's not like all that there is, but uh, that's how we try to play um, out of two-side transition. So for the coach who maybe is looking to do two-sided break, and then wants to pair it with a half-court offense, what do you feel like fits naturally or or fits best with playing two-sided? I, I think anything five out, and I think the reason why two-side has become more popular and I think why coaches are going to like it and why they do like it is because like the change of the game is kind of more five out, and I think that that's the trend. So a lot of teams play five out, you need a five out spacing template for a transition. And I think that anything five out, any concept that you find that's five out, I think will be great for a two side transition. Like we still run some horns. We still run concepts that kind of generate stuff through the five and the four and the horns look, uh, but those are always out of dead ball. Like we obviously we're not transitioning to those. And so I think that if you're looking, if you run five out, whether that's a dribble drive or, yeah, I mean, whatever the five-out situation that you can think of. Like, I think two-side kind of seamlessly flows into that kind of stuff. Is there anything else game-wise, drill-wise, small-sided game that you would say, you know, do this or at least while you're introducing it? I had one coach ask, if a coach is running this, like, what's their go-to? Like, what should they be doing small-sided game-wise or even five-on-five type? Our go-to... Uh, is four on four continuous and this works if you have you have to have 16 players to do this i learned this from ross uh, the uh, under 16 coach um in ludwigsburg he does this three on three four on four it, it just resembles every little situation advantage disadvantage that you're going to find in a game so i'll explain it here best i can so it starts off four on four um and you can have a start of circle like a circle rebounding start but basically, you're coming down to a two-side spacing template with all of your transition rules. Find the nearest sideline. Uh, first player is down, get to the corner. Second player on the two sides, sprint to half court, and then delay from there. But let's just say one hits ahead to three, three hits the four, four shoots it, make or miss. They're getting back on defense. So one, two, three, four here. As you can see on the right sideline, they're getting back on defense. In order to start the next like continuous action, one of the four defenders here will outlet the ball to the one. And so one will get to the uh, sideline, two will take off uh, down the right sideline, three and four designate who goes to talk. Okay, I got corner first, the second guy will get to the 45. And then you see this second phase of the transition right here. So we're now, the original four offensive players are now on defense. The original defenders outlet the ball to the next offensive players. Those offensive players are now in offense trying to score in transition. And then they will exit off and be the next group to come in. So just continuing with the continuous part. Again, you're looking at all your early and opposite, early and up, dribble push options in the two side and how you're trying to, to practice it. And let's just say we hit ahead of the three, three drives it, misses it. 
these four players, three, four, one, and two in black, get back on defense. One of the players here in red will outlet the ball to the one, and then we continue with our continuous four on four. Now, what I like about this is it's just quick reaction for offense, whether they get a good shot or a bad shot at the rim in space at the three, they got to get back on defense. So they got to play one possession quickly on offense and they got to get back um, in transition on defense. So, I mean, this lends itself to a two-on-one at the rim if the defense doesn't get back uh, for whatever reason, but it also lends itself for the two-on-ones like on the two side that are more, I guess, applicable to what happens in a real game. So you get both of those looks uh, out of this drill. Uh, we will play this to seven, uh, ones and twos to seven, and we'll play it like maybe one or two times. And uh, so we do this drill a lot. Uh, the next one I'll show here is the three on three side. So just imagine like the same situations, but uh, since we only have three, we want to play the two side. We just start the two and the three on one side. The one will start on the opposite side. So I won't really explain like what to do here because it's, it's quite obvious. But once X1, X2, X3 outlet it here to the one, two and three take off. And then uh, these three red get back on defense here. There's the same thing as the four on four continuous. But the reason why I like the three on three continuous, we don't necessarily use this drill to teach like two side transition because we use it more. We teach it more four on four, five on five. But like if you're looking at what to do after two side transition, like how to flow into a transition set, we use this drill more than anything else to teach those concepts. So if you can just imagine, uh, I'll pull this up here. One, let's say we're in open away and it's, you know, we're in this three on three continuous one will come up and obviously we're in a dribble push because there's no advantage or there could be advantage depending on how uh, transition defense is. The five will be here or whoever is our designated five guy. Uh, and then I'll move this arrow all the way. Let's just say two's here. So now five will set the screen for player two. Player two will come off this, uh, off the away screen. One will play to two. Uh, and then uh, we're into our open away stuff. And we would play our, this three on three continuous like with these concepts, whether that's thumbs down, which is our drag, our drag screen, or even with our pistol action. So we would just run the two has to fill the, the ball side corner. So I like this continuous because it kind of lends itself to more than just transition, but you can also, if offense gets the advantage three on two, then they can go to score. But then if it's like obviously three on three, then now they're looking to play out of their transition sets. The next one I show here is five and four continuous. I stole this one just recently. I was, I was just searching YouTube. I can't remember who it is. So if you like look into YouTube and just put five on four continuous, you'll find this. Um, but basically it's five on four. Um, whoever shoots the ball steps out and then the extra um, offensive player will step in. So here X3 steps out. It's five on four. One goes opposite to four and then down to three um, on the two side. Three shoots it. Whoever shoots it steps out. So I just put three here on the sideline. And then these four offensive players plus the player here, X3, on the left sideline, they will now transition into the two side with two, one, five, and four getting back, as you can see here. So we'll find the nearest sideline on this. We make three go to uh, the corner first uh, on the left sideline. And then two and four got to find the nearest sideline. Again, if it's like 
a three side, then obviously you have your spacing solution for that. But it's, it lends itself to a continuous look if you're trying to teach five on four. Uh, we only do this for about three to four minutes because it's quite taxing. Um, we also play with scores, so like one and two to seven. And then the last thing that we do, um, and we do this one probably more often than all the other like five on four drills is our five on five line drill. So we do this two ways. The first way, when we first start initially, uh, initial teaching of it, uh, we will do this to where we put guys in the spot so that they can, you know, understand what the, what their role is in that spot. So just like any other like recognition drill, five and five, wherever the coach throws the ball to, we throw it to our one, that defender in front has to go touch the baseline. Sometimes we throw it to the four and because we emphasize getting the ball to our one on the outlet, four has to make the pass to one and then we're into our, our two side transition. So basically this is what it looks like. We come down, we're five on four with the trail um, entering the play. We teach our transition defense out of this um, with closest guy stopping the ball or zoning up to the ball. We try to take away ball side, hit ahead, farthest guy protects the basket. And we try to score. And when we go five and four in this situation, we give them a 10 second shot clock. And then we make two trips out of it. So make or miss the five defenders here in red are going to transition back to the other side. And obviously if they have a five on four advantage of trying to score on the two side, but then it becomes probably something most likely like a transition set five on five. We're running thumbs down, which is our drag screen or an open, open away with a way screen you know, or even a pistol. So this is like how we are building our, how to flow from like a primary transition to a secondary transition with these drills right here. I'm going to guess that coaches are going to have some questions about this. So I'm going to ask you about maybe where you would direct them. I, I have some ideas about where I would direct them. You have a couple mm -hmm. kind of web clinics that you've done, right? Yeah, that was like two or two and a half years ago. Um, it's on System Basketball with Mark Hart. I just, yeah, he has them on his YouTube channel. You can look at those. I'd say they're kind of similar. All three of them are quite similar. So I think the best one that you would probably want to look at would be the last one. The, the third one kind of gets into more of like what to do after two-side transition. I think like what to do in two-side transition is quite obvious, but I think even where I still struggle, even with my team right now, is like how do you continue like having no stoppage in your attack? So the third one kind of goes over that more, but yeah, you can check those out on Mark Hart's System Basketball YouTube page. You're introducing this to your team. How long do you feel installation, they start getting comfortable with it? Like you have to pick and choose your battles. You have so much to teach. Um, so like I started with my group in April. And honestly, we probably have only went over a two-side transition maybe three or four times because we needed to do other things. So w the process for me here in Germany was we had to qualify for MBBL. So I had eight weeks to get the team ready for our qualification rounds, which was two rounds in June. And I chose not to uh, really dive in deeper into two-side transition. So we went over it. They, I would say they had it down with the spacing and like the early and opposite, probably three practices if it's like an emphasis. But I think it's like, I don't think the drills necessarily, I mean, the drills are good for the two-side, but I think it's what you emphasize, trying to get your point guard to believe because my point guard does not want to give it up. He wants to keep it because he's effective with the ball. And he can dribble push ball. He can penetrate well. So he doesn't want to give it up. Uh, but I think you got to really um, sell to him 
you give it up in transition, you're probably gonna get it back. But yeah, I would say three practices and emphasize it more than drilling it. I'm gonna guess it's like anything else conceptually. You start playing like this, it looks okay. They kind of have an idea, but it's just gonna improve over time. Right, yeah, that's definitely true. And I used to be so adamant about my team running two side transition because to me, I believe in it so much. Uh, but then I see that there's that the phase of the game doesn't lend itself all the time at higher level. It doesn't lend itself all the time to transition. So like if you play a, a poor team, yeah, you may score 35, 40% of the time in transition. Maybe that's a lot, but like at this, like at my level, you may score out of transition, maybe five or 10%. So because it only happens five or 10% of the time, I like am only going to spend that much of time introducing it in practice. I will spend more time working on transition sets, like, or thumbs down and open away. So kind of made a shift towards that um, since I've well, learned what to do after two side transition. I mean, that's great stuff. And I will link as many of those things as I can down in the description. Where can people connect with you if they want to find you anywhere out on the web? Yeah, uh, I guess Twitter. Um, my handle is at Brent E. Tipton. Um, that's probably the best way. I kind of don't go on the Twitter very much to get busy and you know, you got a lot of things going on, but that's probably the best way I check it like maybe once every other day. So if you DM me, then I'll eventually get to it for sure. That's coach Brent Tipton, international basketball coach, U.S., mainland, Guam, and now Germany. Who knows the next time he'll be on, but it'll probably be from a new country. But coach, I appreciate you coming on hopefully, the show. Hopefully not. Hopefully I stay here for a while.